Hey guys, I don't know if this is gonna work, but can you help me out real fast? Yeah. <laughs> yep. Anything. Um, so it's it's a new year. It's the first episode of this new year, um, and I think we need a new theme song. Okay. 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 Are we doing Roger, like a Seinfeld right now? Yeah, it's kind of like Seinfeld. Um, I'm gonna be the bass though. Oh. I'm Roger. Roger, you're the drums. Uh, Brian, you're the lead. Okay. Oh, all right. Okay. Uh, Roger, I need you to do this. Okay. All right. You can stop. Oh. And then Brian, I'm I'm gonna do this. And now, okay. And I think you know your part. Sure. Okay. And can you do your part? Yeah. Dum 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 dum. Okay, perfect. We did it. <laughs> I just wrote that. <laughs> that was great. Wanna, was called, you don't want us to do it together? I, there's no way we're going to be able to sync that up. I don't think, I think there's too much of a lot. La- we could try. Let's try okay. it. Ready? Three, okay, ready? two, one. Hi. Welcome to Story Hall, a podcast exploring the lore behind the most important stories in the world. So pull a chair up by the fireplace and let us put a story in your hole. What do you call that song, Joey? Yeah. Uh, it's called uh, Roger and Brian and Joey. Yeah. <laughs> it's really called Linus and Lucy. Yeah, okay. I think we're going to go straight to the top of the charts. I mean, yeah. kind of. That's kind of where we, we end. <laughs> That's the last note of this. So we'll get there. Anyway, obviously, we're talking about peanuts <laughs> today. <laughs> <laughs> What, are you talking about the cartoon or the nut? Both? Well, no, nut? okay, I'm going to be honest with you. The cartoon. But okay. I am going to eat some of the nut afterwards. You're welcome to share them with me. <laughs> Just a uh, sweet treat after the episode. Out of the, the, out of the shell? Or are you peanut buttering? Or what are you doing? I do it straight shell. That's where all the, that's all the nutrients and vitamins are. And then also the peanut in the inside. Oh. That's where the secrets are. <laughs> I just eat the shell and I spit out the peanut. Yeah. Yeah. You're wild, man. Waste of my time. <laughs> I get it. Hey, could you guys describe the comic Peanuts and what it's about to me, please? Do it, Roger. <sighs> okay. I mean, <laughs> it's Charlie Brown and it's uh-huh. Snoopy. And Snoopy's kind of a delight and he's cute. And then Charlie Brown is just a morose, uh, kind of deeply unlikable child. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh. <laughs> and everybody else in, in his universe is mean to him. And he might deserve it. That's kind it's, of the vibe that I get from it. I would equate Charlie Brown and Peanuts to it's... Um, like Winnie the Pooh, if you focused okay. it on Eeyore, and he was the main character. Yeah, Eeyore, or maybe even Piglet, because oh. I feel like Eeyore has like um, you know, he's like sullen or whatever. But mm-hmm. Piglet's annoying, you know, and he's nervous. <laughs> so you he's like combine filled with anxiety, the depression of Eeyore, <laughs> and the anxiety and annoyance of Piglet. Yeah, and we have our main <laughs> That's character. That's Charlie Brown. <laughs> so what you're saying is. You want to combine a lot of problems uh-huh. for your main characters, and that's peanuts. Yeah. Okay. That is correct. Kind of. <laughs> you kind of nailed is it. That, is that kind of what? Is that what's the what's the uh, the writer's name? Charles Schultz. Schultz. Is that what he he was going for? Is like uh, problems? Uh, I mean, <laughs> well, we're gonna. We'll, I'll get like I'm gonna go kind of in depth with this. I wrote okay. a script. It seems a little above my pay grade. I don't know why. <laughs> I wrote it way too proper. <laughs> but can you give us a taste? Real, Is real this like quick. an academic treatise on yeah. peanuts? Yeah. I mean, there was a point where I was looking up like a scholarly, like written paper with like academic peer reviewed stuff. I was wow. like, what am I, what am I doing? <laughs> anyway, 
we have to talk about Charles Schultz first, and then we'll talk about what we're doing here, and then we're going to talk about all the problems that these kids have. <laughs> okay? Sounds great. Charles Schultz. He's a bit of a pragmatic spiritualist, and he just wants to put good out into the world and engage with other people that want to make the world a better place. And so he made the comic with the intention of exploring the simple truths of morality, melancholy, and the philosophy of existentialism. Hmm. Basically, what is life, and why is it difficult, and then how can we improve it? And the way he sought to do this was to basically put himself on paper with his own problems and his ideals and his sense of humor. So is he is he Charlie Brown, kind of? So pretty much, but all of them are. So, yeah. so Charlie Brown represents his insecurities. Lucy is his sarcasm and wit. Linus is his curiosity and thoughtfulness, etc., and he felt like sharing this with all the, like other people was a positive and healthy thing to do. Who's the, uh, with the faults and all? Who's the the pistachio girl? What's her name? Pistachio. pistachio. Yeah. Are you thinking about peppermint patty? Peppermint patty. That's the one. <laughs> oh, got it. Yeah. <laughs> oh no. Well, <laughs> well, she's green like a pistachio. I uh, thought they were all that... themed after nuts. Is, oh. that... <laughs> <laughs> that's what is that why it's called peanuts? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Actually, we can talk about why it's called. Boy, we look at. We're, this, there's. I got plenty. Of, this is the okay. long one, guys. I'm sorry. I'm sorry <laughs> okay. that I didn't stay the Buckle 30 up, minutes huh? this time. So we got a lot to talk about today. <laughs> Most people say that he is Charlie Brown, like you said, like the anxious introvert. He describes himself, his personality is each of the characters. So counter to Charlie Brown, of course, is Snoopy. And Snoopy represents who Schultz wants to be. He's lighthearted, he's independent, he's confident. He can't be bothered with the trivial behaviors of the kids around him. Some of the kids don't even like like him. <laughs> so like, you know, like Lucy, she physically tries to fight him a bunch. Really? And... Yeah, and then either way, Snoopy just—he just wants to be the life of the father, and he can't be bought. He'll just kiss her uh-huh. whenever she gets all pissed. He'll just out juke her and stuff, and then he just kisses her because he just doesn't give a shit. <laughs> Would you recommend that as a strategy for our listeners? Like, if somebody's mad at you, just kiss them. Kiss them. Yeah. I mean, I've watched those like UFC <laughs> things where like there's the before like you know oh, they weigh yeah, in. Oh, they're doing, like, those the are face very off. funny. Yeah, yeah, that's actually very every good. once in a while yeah. someone yeah. will kiss the other guy and they'll piss him off, and they start like getting all angry at each other. Mm-hmm. Yeah, toxic masculinity. If you kissed me, I wouldn't get mad. <laughs> just, just so I, you know, I was thinking about kissing you earlier today. That's really weird. That's a true statement. <laughs> Wait, when did that happen? I was just driving home. I was like, I was like, just I wonder. Like, I, I mean, you know, I have a history of like sneaking kisses on you guys, like kissing <laughs> your shoulder every once in a while if I run by. Uh, but do you remember that? Like in our late twenties, I, I remember to- <laughs> when you would do that. Yeah, yeah, that was very funny. And now I was thinking in my head. I don't, I don't even know where it came from. I was just thinking, I was like, I wonder if I can kiss Brian if it would be a problem. <laughs> I'm letting you know it wouldn't be. Thanks, yeah, that's great. Uh-huh. That's great. I'm looking forward to my first kiss. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Anyway, either way, today's goal is I figured it was a good opportunity to get into the mind of Mr. Schultz and do an in-depth examination of these kids. So we're going to start off the year is 1950. Charles Schultz is writing a comic for his local newspaper. Uh, it's called the St. Paul Pioneer Press in Minnesota. Um, and at the time, the comic he was working on was called Little Folks originally, and it depicts uh, a young Charlie Brown, as well as his friends, or not really, but their names are Shermie and Patty, and then also Snoopy Shermie. is involved too. <laughs> Shermie, that's Shermie. you, you're Shermie. <laughs> he decided he wants to shop his comic around to bigger papers, and so he sought out a license with the United Features Syndicate, uh, which accepted his work, but the term Little Folks seemed to always ha- already have like some vague copyrights. So they suggested the strip be renamed to Peanuts. They came up with the name Peanuts. Yeah, he hated it too. Huh? <laughs> he Weird. hated it so much that uh, he, whenever people would ask him what his job was, he kept it because per their suggestion. But uh, whenever they would ask him, "What is your? What, what do you do for a living?" He says, "I draw the comics with Snoopy and Charlie Brown." He wouldn't refer to it by this first name. <laughs> That's, That's weird. Funny. Yeah. 
Odd rename, huh? Yeah. Yeah. I thought there would be a deeper meaning, but it yeah. was just a, a cute name, I guess, picked by a by some like marketing board. Yeah, it was. I mean, that's it. That's it. I think it refers to the peanut gallery, which can mean one of two things, and it kind of matches both. Oh, okay. It's like the the rowdy cheap seats at the top of a theater, but also people who give their inconsequential opinions about trivial things. Yeah. So it's like I'm, that. That kind of works for kids. I think for both. That's true. Both situations. So all right. Excellent name. We all agree. Yeah, that's fantastic. <laughs> he nailed it. <laughs> Over the course of the next 70 years, Charlie Brown has blown up. It's become a you know staple of Americana. Peanuts has amusement parks and stamps. And uh, even like Snoopy himself became the safety mascot for NASA, which I think is really cool. Really? Yeah. Are you guys, are you familiar with that? No, no not at all. I thought this was like really common no- like news, but apparently people don't know. Uh, the Apollo 10 lunar module for the astronauts, they, they nicknamed it Snoopy. And like Charles Schultz was like on board with all of this stuff. So he snuck pictures of Charlie Brown into the suits of the astronauts. So when they went into space, they could find them. Um, That'd be funny if that if that went really, really wrong. Like maybe their weight was calibrated accurately. Yeah, the system of some sort. In the discord, you can actually see a picture of Neil Armstrong. His flight yeah. cap looks like Snoopy ears. It's white on top and has the big wraparound black part. Oh, yeah. yeah uh, but yeah, they call them they call them Snoopy caps. And NASA's has this like big old relationship with um, Peanuts, but specifically uh, Snoopy, since forever. So much so that if you actually go to the NASA website, uh, you can go to their clothing portion where they sell like merch and whatever. And there's always like the new lines of like Snoopy wearing astronaut gear and stuff. It's really, really cool. I love it all. Huh. It's really cool. Yeah. We need to get to analyzing because this is a long episode. So there have been a bunch of theories spread around for ages now about why these kids are all... Uh, problematic or mentally ill <laughs> so some people think that the comic is actually about like an insane asylum which it's not but i think the diagnoses being passed around are more representative of like little issues or little neuroses or illnesses that manifest in adulthood from childhood trauma either way this whole mental illness thing is pretty widely known and i think it would be cool just to kind of get into it and we'll dissect each of the kids so do you okay. have examples of what what mental illness the different kids represent yes yeah, so we're going to go okay. one by one through the main kids cuz there you know there's like eight main kids in the cast so it's not going to be that big of a thing but there's also some other kids that will pop up and other weird things that pop up in the history of the comic that i'm just going to toss in as we kind of work our way down the cast okay 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 real quick i, I know i know we got a lot to talk about and i, I hate to waste time but yeah. um can I try to name the characters in Peanuts really quick? Oh yeah, please. So there's eight of them. We got we got Charlie Brown, right? We already we already identified Pistachio Patty. Yeah. Gonzo, right? Yeah. Who's the alien one? Yeah. yeah. Um, there's uh, that's all I got. Brian, can you help me out? Um, I think it there's Schrodinger's cat. The Schrodinger's uh, cat. Uh, yeah. There's Lucky. Um, <laughs> there's the one okay. that always calls a uh, uh, porridge pistachio, uh, sir. Who's that one? Call, one always with, calls a what? Sir, uh, with the glasses. Oh yeah, this is the, the little meek one. Yeah, Schmurp. 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 Okay, I'm sorry. Uh, Joey, go ahead. No, I mean these are great. If anything, we should petition. You know, the Schultz uh, <laughs> legacy. I guess you know his son and his wife are the ones who run it now. I bet you they would change these names. Is Charles Schultz? There's Charles a history Schultz of died? people writing in and saying suggestions. Sorry, did Charles Schultz die? Yeah, he's he's passed away. I didn't even know he was sick. Thanks for bringing it up. <laughs> <laughs> That's a Norman Donald joke. That's a great one. Oh man, he died too. Okay, didn't even know he was sick. <laughs> Rest in peace. It's funny every time. <laughs> <laughs> Who else has died? 
<laughs> oh, a lot of people. Oh, okay. Princess Hundreds. Diana, thanks. <laughs> this is why I don't have love in my life. <laughs> she was your one? She was your soulmate? She, Princess I, I, she was my soulmate. How unlucky would you be if Princess Diana was your soulmate? <laughs> that, what you, how, how upset? Is that what you said? Unlucky. What the fuck? Oh, because she's died? Well, that's different. Uh-huh. Yeah, there's well, just no uh, way you're going to land Princess Diana. I, I believe I could. Okay? Oh, man. <laughs> you could have charmed her. That's true. You're making me I'm mad at you now. <laughs> Poor Princess you, Diana has got all these Jesus Joeys Christ. around the world thinking that she's the one. Oh, fuck you. I could, <laughs> there's no one else that wants Princess Diana as much as I do, okay? Oh, no. Would you, do you want that's her enough died, that you're going to kill her? Yeah, so nobody else could have her? <laughs> <laughs> oh no, 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 it's happening. You sound like a real creeper over there. We should I end know. this episode. Oh, God. Oh. <laughs> okay, we got to move on. Hey, Roger, I didn't hey. even know Joey was sick. <laughs> <laughs> Let me get some Shermie, goddammit. <laughs> okay, go. Okay, well, Shermie doesn't actually matter because he's in the beginning and then he, he gets disappeared within like. <laughs> but within 15 years, he's no longer in the strip. So okay. we don't care about sure. Just like so he's off. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Um, next, also, uh, Charles Schultz introduced a loudmouth counter to Charlie Brown, Charlotte Braun. <laughs> uh, <laughs> okay. Yeah. Cool. And she was so unliked that he received a letter in the in the mail from a woman named Elizabeth Swain asking Schultz to remove her. And so he wrote back to her. And this is what he said. No joke. I'm taking your suggestion regarding Charlotte Braun and will eventually discard her. Remember, however, that you and your friends will have to deal with the death of an innocent child oh, on your conscience. Whoa. Are you prepared Man. to accept such a responsibility? Wait, was was Charles Schultz like a uh, funny or was he yeah, kind he's of a funny. jerk? He's, okay. he's so funny. He's so good. Okay. But then at the bottom of the letter, it's a handwritten letter. It has the ill-fated character with an axe in her head. Oh, jeez. <laughs> That's so very funny. funny. So I funny. mean, Elizabeth Swan was most likely a child, right? No, she was like an adult. How I mean, would he know that? I yeah. don't know. It's so funny. <laughs> uh, Charlotte Braun was kind of an ass. But anyway, her traits ended up getting passed down to Lucy. Lucy, when she started uh, the, in the strip, she was actually a toddler with crazy eyes. Um, huh. And... Um, then he aged her to be Charlie Brown's age or slightly older than Charlie Brown. Um, but anyway, let's okay, let's talk about Charlie just because I, he's the titular character. and We just want to talk about him for a second just because I think it's important. Okay. His friends are god awful and his life sucks. <laughs> Charles Schultz <laughs> wanted him to seem so sad that his friends and family wouldn't recognize him outside of a familiar setting. <laughs> Jeez. Uh, yeah. And while I he's mean, just like a sad kid, everyone Li- just shits on him all the time. Linus Sorry? is a good friend. Linus is the best friend Uh but is not great to him all the time oh okay i didn't know that yeah yeah they're they're all they all have their redeeming moments but they're kids and they're all imperfect people that's the whole point they're imperfect um so anyway everyone's so mean to him they call him these they make fun of his the way he looks all the time which is especially weird when we talk about franklin I'll, i'll give you a funny little tidbit of information that makes this extra weird uh but anyway they call him failure face because he's so ugly and it's to the point where it's so bad, he believes that there's something wrong with him for not being happy during Christmas, just because his life sucks. Uh, it's Sorry to keep interrupting, but it's crazy to me that he's like, I'm going to make a, a comic strip for the newspaper to run alongside Marmaduke eating the, eating the, the, the <laughs> family sausage. Uh-huh. But this one's going to be about uh, child abuse. It's like, what? Yeah. <laughs> why, why is that your theme for this comic? Well... 
he is defined by his sadness, but is ultimately full of self-redemption. And he, despite that, wants to put good out in the world. And I think that that is an incredible thing because I felt like that was something that was incredibly impactful to me when I was growing up. There's a a, specific audience for this. You saw yourself in Charlie Brown? I believe that I am Charlie Brown. You? All your friends are really mean to you. Well, <laughs> you fucking idiot. I mean, I mean uh, you, I, did you not hear what you were just talking about a second ago with Princess Diana? Princess Diana. <laughs> <laughs> no. You were going to try to make a joke and be like, oh, well, I'll pretend to be bullying him when you just bullied him. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, well, think about it. He's just a sad kid and he just wants to see good in the world. God damn it. Uh-huh. And he has a really cool dog. Yeah. And that's you. Yeah. yeah and Big round I head. literally, okay, mm-hmm. nine years ago, I went to the Christmas tree lot. And I felt so bad about the saddest looking tree that I, I paid this. full price for it. I still have that tree. <laughs> it's my Christmas tree every year. It's, yeah. you, you like planted it, though. It's living. It's not like it's a, a dried yeah. up old dead tree in your, in no, your house. No, it did kind of die. And then it kind of came back. It was like the tiniest little, like totally just a Charlie Brown tree hmm. uh, from to the Christmas special. Mm-hmm. Anyway, uh, last thing I want to say is that there's a panel I put in the Discord. I'll put it on the Instagram. And it's just him looking sad. Talking to himself, saying, "I wish, I wish men cried." Huh. <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> this is so sad. Is there Me more too. context to that frame, or that's just? Is it just matter. a singular frame? Just, just yeah. it doesn't matter. They're all this way. <laughs> I, you could read that different ways, though, because one way that mm-hmm. could that could be like an anti-toxic masculinity, like I mm-hmm. wish men were in touch with their emotions. The other way you could read it is he wants to make men cry. You know? <laughs> oh, <laughs> no. a There's a Psychopath. third way that I read it, and I'm just putting it into Arnold Schwarzenegger's voice from Terminator instead of mm-hmm. why do you cry? It's <laughs> I wish men cried. <laughs> That's my impersonation. See you guys later. It's good. pretty good. <laughs> Don't okay, humor that- me, Joey. No, <laughs> it's all right. <laughs> Sorry. Okay. okay, we gotta get a, it's diagnosis time, guys. We have a lot to get through. Yeah, this okay. is great. Charlie gets taken advantage quite a bit. He shows a bit of ineptitude in social situations, and he has a few close friends. Charlie Brown exhibits traits of depression and avoidant personality disorder, which manifests in being anxious all the time about everyday situations. APD is somewhat akin to imposter syndrome. It's where you always feel inadequate or you feel that people will perceive you in a different way that you wish. But to be fair, redemption, a lot of his anxiety is when he's in front of his crush. Who's, her real name is Heather Wold, but they call her the, the little red-haired girl. And he's just an eight-year-old boy. And that seems fine, right? Yeah. Sure. I mean, it's bad. It's it's sad that he's suffering from, was it APD? Is that what it is? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah I mean, that's, it's sad. That's sad. And I mean, I think it's totally acceptable that if he's anxious talking in front of this girl that he likes, right? I yeah. mean, what age are they supposed to be? Uh, well, in the beginning, he's six, but by this, by most of it, he's eight years old. Okay. But I my mean, point is, some of us are 38 years old and still don't talk to them. Yeah. Like, I and mean, we all agree that that's fine. Yeah, it's totally fine. <laughs> I feel like being socially awkward and being nervous is totally normal. Yeah, but he's nervous all the time. I'm anxious all the time. This is why we're the same guy. Even even in the bathroom? Uh, I don't want to talk about That's a private <laughs> moment. Let me just say I shake a lot. <laughs> hey, Joey. Uh, okay, yes. In the future, can you do an episode about you being anxious in the bathroom? <laughs> if you want, dude, I'll bathroom find a way anxiety. to do that. I'll find, I'll find a way to do do sorry i would would like it if that was if you took that as kind of more of like um like a live journalism kind of thing so you record it Mm -hmm. in the bathroom like you know walking us through i mean i'll do that for you if you want just don't put it on the internet (laughs) (laughs) okay lucy van pelt lucy is what i would call a cold-blooded bitch 
<laughs> so she gaslights and torments her friends. She's always pulling footballs every which way away from me every, whenever I try to kick it. And she actively <laughs> seeks approval from Charlie and affection from Schroeder. And the combination of these two polarized character traits aligns with borderline personality disorder or mm. even general psychopathy. But her dynamic with Schroeder is especially very strange because she's clearly the aggressor to a generally disinterested Schroeder. So over time, readers began to sympathize with her over him because she was like, you know, she's putting herself out there and he seems to find joy in rejecting her. So eventually what ends up happening is that she they, she moves away. The, her dad gets a, a new job, so she and Linus have to move away. And she tries to give Schroeder a picture of her to remember her to remember her by, but he says he doesn't want it. He'd rather forget about her. Ouch. Uh, yeah. But if she really does have borderline personality disorder, mm-hmm. she's probably, I mean, it tends to kind of be uh, an abusive relationship, right? Yeah. Yeah. So I, I don't guess. know. I, I think he might be. I think he might be doing the right thing here. Yeah, he might be. As well, well as, are you saying that she's like a psychopath? That she's unable to feel like empathy? That's what some people I mean, say. I'm just Charlie putting Brown that. I'm putting the. I'm putting the, the thoughts out there of the world yeah. for you guys to okay. see. These are I not mean, my personal opinions. That does seem to kind of resonate with her character. Or is it? Is it psychopath that can't feel empathy, or is it sociopath? I sociopath, can never tell. Sociopath, I think can't. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Let's look it up. I can see Either that way. though. I'm going to sure. flip through my That's journal of, uh, of medicine here. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, so here's where it gets weird. After the, she moves away, Schroeder misses her so much that he stops wanting to play his piano anymore. And that to which the audience just collectively says, what the fuck? What, are you t- what is happening right now? Because you've just been like this terrible, you know, distant person this whole time. Mm-hmm. Anyway, Schroeder himself displays passive aggressive tendencies and obsession over Beethoven. <laughs> Coupled with the quick, unexpected withdrawal from his piano when Lucy leaves, it seems that he might have dependent personality disorder. And either way, if we're looking at him through a modern lens, it seems that everybody agrees that he probably just has Asperger's, which is fine. Oh. Uh, but, oh. you know, maybe we shouldn't be mad at either of them. That's I don't know. True. That's all I'm saying. I guess I shouldn't be mad at any of these eight-year-olds. <laughs> <laughs> That's your, it's your problem. Okay. Uh, Lucy's brother, Linus uh, Van Pelt, is... He's the introspective wise philosopher of the group. However, he's also the only one that believes in a mystical being, the Great Pumpkin, which is kind of the <laughs> Halloween equivalent of Santa, if you haven't seen that in some time. Mm-hmm. I think this one's a little far-fetched, but he's been categorized as of having schizotypal disorder uh, because he allegedly sees things that aren't there. Oh. Also, he has an attachment to a security blanket, which you could categorize as fetishistic disorder, but I think that the kid just likes being safe. He's eight years old. I he's think that a, one's a wash. I think all the theories kid, about yeah. him are not not good. Linus is fine. Okay. Charlie Brown has a sibling as well, Sally. She's fine, but there's a whole narrative about her interactions with the elementary school building that's just bizarre, the building itself. So for context, sometimes in the comic, there are inanimate objects that exhibit anthropomorphic qualities, such as like the kite eating tree. You can see a picture of that in the, in the Discord. Mm-hmm. The kite eating tree is one of Charlie Brown's enemies. It just it's always swallows his kite, and eventually Schroeder's piano at one point. But it just <laughs> kind of looms around. And it seems to have a mouth, huh. and it also seems to stalk Charlie Brown. Like it comes closer to his house and stuff. It's really weird. Hmm. But either way, we're going to be talking about the wall of the elementary school. It seems to form this really weird protective relationship with Sally. Like um, one point, she thanks the school for changing her mind about about liking going to school and it, she compliments its bricks to which the school says 
I can't believe it. Somebody loves me. And then one day, Sally tells the school, like she talks to it, like as if it's a being, like a person. She tells the school that Linus is her boyfriend. So it drops a brick on his head and Holy says, shit. treat her nicely, kid. I'm the jealous type. Whoa. <laughs> wow. Yeah. And then it all culminates one day. The building itself just has its own comic where it talks about being depressed and it decides it's going to kill itself. No And then way. the next day what? the building collapses and they have they, different arrangements have to go be made for kids to go to different schools. Really? Yeah. It's super weird. That's so too, weird. That's too much. Yeah. Yeah. It's pretty loud. Um, so quick question. You guys, you guys know who Patty is, right? Yeah. Yeah. Pistachio Patty. But what if I told you there are two distinct patties? Really? Yeah, two there's regular flavor Patty, uh, who was in the early years of the comic and was kind of reduced to a background character. She's still in the modern stuff, but she just kind of hangs out with Violet in the background. Neither of them are terribly important. Uh-huh. Uh, but then there's also Peppermint Patty, who you mentioned. Uh, she's a tomboy raised by a single father. Uh, she's good at sports, but dumb as a brick. She's confident and loud, and she likes to be the center of attention. So, for example, uh, she boasts about her baseball skills to the point of claiming she can just carry the whole team. And then they lose. <laughs> but she also has an unusually uh, close relationship with Marcy, who on the surface appears to be kind of her lackey. That's the one with the glasses. Mm-hmm. It says, sir, hey, sir. She's okay. like, uh, yeah, okay. And while it's extra- a stretch, uh, she's exhibiting traits of histronic personality disorder, uh, which is categorized as a dramatic, inappropriate, attention-seeking kind of person. Also, she's good at what she likes, and she can't pay attention to the stuff she doesn't, so you can slap some ADHD in there if you'd like. Uh-huh. Is that a uh, pretty consistent with ADHD? Uh, like yeah, you can, well, like only focus on things you like and are just unable to focus on anything else. Sort of. That ADHD is an interesting thing. <laughs> um, it's if you do like something, you have what's uh, ability to call what's uh, it's called hyperfocus. Sure. Where basically, uh, you get blind to time and you can just do something for ten hours and just get it done, or even focus on something really quickly because uh, part of ADHD is you you put stuff off for a very long time because you can't. Um, what is the word it's called? Um, um, give me one second. I'll think of it. Okay. This is also, this is also part of it is that you can't, uh, word recall is very diff- difficult. Executive order dysfunction. It's not all that important. Oh, but I like it. I want to put, I want to put look it, it in there. Well, look uh, it up. We'll take a time. We'll just, edit it I out. Just, I can just think it. <laughs> okay. We're sorry. Um, you have reached a number that has been disconnected or is no longer in service. Um, uh, look up psychosomatic attic insane. <laughs> uh, whatever. Um, I can't think of the word. It's uh, it's you can't pr- like so you know that you need to get something done and you can't get yourself to do it. It's it's not laziness. It's just different than that. It's an actual condition. Whatever doesn't matter. Do we know more about the relationship between Peppermint Patty and what was her name? Marcy. And Marcy? Marcy? Yes. Um, it looks like, I know that people think that they have a queer-coded relationship, but it's not. Marcy is smarter. She's, she's the smart one. So, so Marcy and, and uh, Peppermint Patty are supposed to have a mirrored relationship between Charlie Brown and Linus, where you have one of them that has an issue or has problems that make them... Um, they can't perform consistently, and the other one is there to support them. Is but, that is Peppermint Patty the um, the Charlie Brown equivalent? She's, yes, she, she, yeah. She, but her thing is that she's kind of nuts. Okay, but peanuts. 
That's so it's weird. Be, that's... That I never read that off of Peppermint Patty. I always felt like she was just kind of like a really confident. assertive, confident, like kind of badass yeah. tomboy. She is assertive and confident, sort but of. Can't back but up she, that she also thinks that she's really ugly. And oh. uh, if she oh. fails, then it's problematic. And she's really bad at school and stuff. And so she thinks she's dumb. But the way that she tries to like, so what? I, so I said that they people think that they're this queer coded relationship. Peppermint Patty has a thing for Charlie Brown. She tries to like get him to date her, but it's always in a weird, aggressive way where she's trying to speak for him and it confuses him. And he doesn't understand that she's asking him to go on a date because she's wording it as if he's asking her and just agreeing to it because he doesn't know what's going on. <laughs> so uh, anyway, Marcy, though, she tends to give Peppermint Patty advice in a really condescending way where it's like, oh, you didn't get that. Like everybody can do this. Like, huh. of course, this is what you should, you should be doing this, sir. I think everyone knows that. And it's very, um, she's not coddling her in any way, but it's also so dismissive of, she doesn't seem to be having any sort of empathy at all when she's speaking to her. It's like, yes, duh, this is what you need to do. And so people think that she has some sort of, uh, you know, psychopathy or maybe like sociopathy, uh, because of, um, that, but also Marcy has perfectionist issues and she also has, um, kind of like imposter syndrome issues. So she's a little bit of a mess as well. It's just so that their relationship the isn't necessarily a positive relationship. It's, it's supportive, but they're okay. imperfect. They're but just they imperfect people problems. and they compliment okay. each other in what ways they can. And they also make fun of each other a lot. Got it. Yeah. Next is Ron McKernan. What? <laughs> Who? That's not a, that's not a character. You might know him as a different name, Pigpen. Pigpen. Oh, Pigpen. I was wondering, yeah. Okay, yeah. yeah. His real name is Ron? Yeah, Ron <laughs> McCurden. Okay. Uh-huh. Uh, he's just a kid is, who... I, 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 my problem with Peanuts is that none of them are relatable for me until we get to Pigpen, and then I Pig see Pen's myself great. in that, and mm-hmm. I'm like, okay, now totally. I like it. <laughs> Pigpen is, is fantastic. He's just a kid who walks around surrounded by a cloud of filth, for anyone who doesn't know that, and the National Institute of Health describes... Diogenes is how you say it. Diogenes syndrome um, is, is characterized by domestic filth, squalor, extreme self-neglect, and a lack of shame regarding one's living condition. Uh, <laughs> but I love Pigpen. He's just cruising around being a big old stink. And he's got Dude. kind of like an OCD thing, but he's just he's just great. He's just happy. He's living he's his, happy, his life. He's happy, right? We had yeah, this okay. friend in high school, uh, Jesse, that was totally a Pigpen in real life. And he was awesome. He was delightful. He always had, yeah, he always had um, poison oak and like sticks in his hair. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> he had a bag of like his hair, right? That he would keep on him. A bag of his hair? I don't remember Didn't that. He, I think he had <laughs> like dreads funny. and he cut them off and he just kept it. And like, I if you'd ask him, that. he would yeah, pull that you're, out. You're right. <laughs> That's dirty, wild. Dirty kid, but awesome. Like he, Very cool. he got all the poison ivy because he was always out in like the wilderness, like just like doing what he wanted, doing yeah, what he wanted. He was a life. free pig pen. Best kid ever. That's great. That's great. Let's go on to Snoopy. Who? Uh, do you guys know about Snoopy's alter egos? Uh, I, know I know that he's, he's the Red, the Red Baron. Baron. Uh, well, he's he's a uh, flying ace. He's a World War One pilot. Who's, oh, he fights uh, going, the Red Baron. He fights the Red Baron. Okay. Right? Yeah. Uh, anyone else? Do you guys know of any of his other other characters? I don't think so. I know there's like the grandpa dog, but that's not one of his alter egos. Yeah, so he has all the um, Daisy Hill puppies. They're all his brothers and sisters. Does he have one with a monocle? Uh, yeah. He's like the Monopoly <laughs> the, guy? The, the, there's no uh, dog with a monocle. Oh, okay. Uh, there's dogs that have droopy eyes. The one you're talking about, the one who looks old, that's his brother Spike, and he lives in Arizona. Okay. Uh, but we see Spike the most, and Spike is actually the name of Charles Schultz's actual dog. Oh, um, really? Yeah. 
But actually, I'm going to put something in the Discord for you real quick. Sure. Go ahead and click on that list I just gave you, that link. Alter egos. Oh my god, there's so many alter egos. Yeah. There's hundreds. Yeah. Holy crap. Yeah. I just scrolled down to the bottom, and the last alter ego on the list is the world-famous orthopedic surgeon. <laughs> what? <laughs> so, here's the thing. So... While Snoopy has taken over as the flagship character for the comic, early on he was seen as just pretending he was kind of just a weird dog. He always pretended that he was something other than a dog, a cat, a bird, a wolf. But since then, this has evolved to the point where, yeah, he's a surgeon and a vigilante called the Masked Marvel and a billion other things. One of them is just called the F. Scott Fitzgerald hero. <laughs> and he just mean? like gets drunk and womanizes like he's like, like basically Jay Gatsby. Gatsby. Oh, yeah. oh, cool. Yeah, it's pretty funny. And then he's like Joe Grunge in the 90s and like a bunch of other stuff. <laughs> Joe yeah. Cool? You mean? Yeah. Oh, is no. There, well, yeah. He's Joe, Joe Cool's also there. Joe Cool's supposed to be a college party. Like, he's like the, the, the man, a big man on campus. Yeah. Joe Grunge is just, he's just 1993. He was just like a Grunge a guy. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. What do you guys think Joe Sandbagger is? Joe Sandbagger. Is there, is there a link? Can you click o- it? October 25th, 1982. It. What does it Joe- say? Oh, what is Joe Sandbagger? October 25th. I know there's one of them in that list that says he's he's an, uh, a, a broken down car engine. <laughs> I'm like, what? <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> it's pretty funny. But yeah, he's, he's been he's a billion like things. He's like a bowler? It's like Peppermint Patty talking to Charlie Brown about bowling. Here's somebody with a one average. He gets 179 pins. Who would take a handicap like that? And Snoopy proudly showing his ball saying, Joe Sandbagger. <laughs> All right, cool. That must uh, be a bowling term that we're not aware of. Right? Yeah. I guess so, yeah. Yeah. Well, either way, Snoopy is identity issues and escapism. So okay. there you go. So let's do Woodstock, his little buddy, next. Woodstock is interesting because, I mean, I could make the argument every year in, in a really sad way, he goes back home to his original nest looking for his mom and she's never there. Um, so he might have abandonment issues. Also, people think he's a cannibal because he ate turkey at the Thanksgiving <laughs> dinner. I think that's far-fetched. Either way, Woodstock's actual job is to be a placeholder for the reader. So oh, really? Woodstock will never talk to you. You can never really understand what's going on. It's always just a little... Like when, he, when he's... Uh-huh. But it's he's a blank template for us to put ourselves into the story so that we can see kind of like how he would see things if we okay. were there. Which is it's kind of interesting on its own. Speed run the next ones. Violet Gray, she's a background character, doesn't matter. Rerun Van Pelt is the youngest brother of the other Van Pelts, uh, Linus and Lucy. He gets popular in the 90s for being this cute little dumb guy, but he's not used much, and Charles Schultz regretted making him. Uh, there's also Frida Rich, who's a narcissist, because she just gets distracted by her own looks and gets upset when the girls aren't jealous of her big curly hair. And there's a couple other kids that don't matter. So, we're going to move on to one kid who doesn't exhibit any problematic behaviors, and his name is Franklin. Franklin is described by Charles Schultz as he quotes the Old Testament. He has no anxieties or obsessions, as well as being seen as like a multidisciplined. He dances, he plays instruments, uh, and he's consistently friendly to Charlie Brown, unlike everyone else. Hmm. The fans regard him as the social, emotionally healthy kid, but he has a really interesting background. So Franklin's black. And in uh, 1968, when uh, Martin Luther King was assassinated, a teacher named Harriet Glickman wrote to Charles Schultz asking for him to include a black kid for representation. And he agreed, but he was really worried that it would come off as patronizing. Mm. So through communications with Glickman and her teacher friends, 
They assure Charles Schultz that this is only going to be positive and suggest racial amity amongst the kids and the readers. And then editors caught wind of this in the South and got really pissy and said, he shouldn't be depicted along with the other kids in a school setting. And then Charles Schultz- this? 1968. Okay. So for, for context, like basically from like 1950 to 1970 is the bulk of where all of the peanut stuff kind of comes together. Like, okay. like Marcy wasn't even invented until 1970. But Franklin basically rounds out the cast for, for the, the main kids and all this stuff. The editors say, we don't want this black kid in the comic. Charles says, Charles Schultz says, fuck you, and he adds him anyway. Wow. Um, and he's just a delight. The huh. first appearance is like him playing on the beach, and they, he goes to a different school, so Charlie had never met him before. And they just meet up, and they're just talking and having a good time on the beach. That's all it is. It's just a good time. And it's is like, it yes. addressed that he's the healthy kid? Or like, does, it, does he fit in with the rest of them, even though he doesn't have like a glaring personality disorder? I mean, I... If you if we hadn't been introduced to this episode as I'm talking about glaring personality uh, we disorders, wouldn't, we wouldn't be thinking of it. No, you would much. just yeah. think of them as kids, and that kid's yeah. annoying because of this, but is nice because of this. Yeah, and he's just a good kid. So, <laughs> um, anyway, um, the interesting thing about this is that you know at first it crosses Charles Schultz's mind, like how am I going to portray a black kid in a in a way that's like you know representing him properly? Yeah, and then he realizes. <laughs> There's no way to make this a problem because every kid looks identical. And I never realized this. Every kid in Peanuts has the same damn face. <laughs> do they really? Yeah. Okay, go I'm going to go look at a picture. Yeah, look up, just look at a picture of Peanuts. They totally do. There's actually a do. picture of the, of the oh, Thanksgiving yeah. table um, and one of them. And it's really see. just different hair or different different shirt. There, yeah, exact is, same there are head. two head shapes and all of them just have different hair, different shirt, and that's what makes the kid the kid. They have the exact same face, same facial expressions, everything. They're all the same kid. <laughs> that's very funny. Yeah, it's very funny. There is one racial issue, though. In the Thanksgiving special, there's a scene where all the kids are at a table, and everyone but Franklin is on one side of the table, and he's sitting on the other. And then a bunch of people got really upset about this, prompting Gene Schultz, uh, Charles Schultz's wife, to release a public statement about how it was never intended to be that way. The animers that they worked without his oversight, and while she thinks that this is a problem now, it likely wasn't intentional. But either way, it's been addressed, and now that you know Peanuts is cranking out new movies, um, they've made a point to include Franklin right next to Charlie Brown in the center each time. So if you look at the Discord, you can see the original image that we're upset about. Yeah, and then you can see how you know now he's just chilling. He's having a good life now. I know in um, in art history, a lot of times like Renaissance artists would put huh. Judas on the opposite side of the table in the Last Supper scenes. Mm-hmm. So that definitely has like some uh, historical ba- basis of like it insinuates that he's bad. Here's the thing: he has the nicest chair out of all the kids. He does yeah. have the nicest chair. That's a totally good point. nice beach chair. Yeah. So that's in my head. I looked at that and I thought. I was like, oh, like he's like the guest of honor. Yeah, but could be. I guess everybody else saw it. I was like, oh, like, <laughs> nope, that, that was, a, that was yeah. a problem. And I think actually there might be some degree of that being an actual problem. Yeah, that people did it intentionally. Yeah. It's cool that yeah. they corrected it. I do want to talk about something else in black culture just because I think it's really cool. And I just want to just bring up one thing that is a little bit separate from the comic, but actually relates to the movies a bunch. Um, it'll be quick, but I think it's really interesting. So... There's this Vice article that explains how and why Charlie Brown Christmas is largely responsible for bringing jazz into white America. Um, Because, you know, jazz has its roots in like rag and blues. And it wasn't really until the 1920s that jazz as a genre really began to work its way into the ears of white people. So in the 1920s and 30s, jazz was 
appearing on the radios and whatnot, but white critics would often target black musicians like with really scathing racist reviews of things like they call it like the jazz problem and they would write their little editorial or they would they would come up with some pretty gnarly racist things I, I don't want to say them out loud if you look it up you can see what they said but it's a bunch of white like white critics basically saying that jazz is a black problem and it wasn't until around 1960 so you know 30 to 40 years later uh, that Miles Davis's kind of blue album came out and it was so huge that white America as a whole couldn't ignore jazz anymore as a genre. Whereas obviously there were people who were into that, but not everyone was exposed to it. So the story goes around this time, uh, Lee Mendelson was producing a documentary on Charles Schultz and he had overheard a single that Vince Guaraldi put out called Cast Your Fate to the Wind. And he thought, this is the perfect music for the upcoming Christmas special. So Mendelson, he contacts Vince Guaraldi was basically he's just playing on the club circuit six nights a week and he asks him if he'll write some music for the Charlie Brown Christmas movie and to, and to Graldi this is just another job he's hustling he's doing as much playing for, for jazz and all stuff as he can and he only gets paid 125 bucks so he threw together music recorded it in a three hour session paid for by Coca-Cola a lot of it was improvised <laughs> and then he goes back to work that same night to go you know keep work, working the jazz circuit so he can pay his bills and everything and then, you know, shortly after this, it blows up. Charlie Brown Christmas becomes an instant hit. Uh, it's grown into the staple of the holiday season for everyone. Yeah, it's just like, it's just a Christmas song now. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Well, I mean, there's a couple songs. So even like the one I was singing earlier, the Linus and Lucy, that's all, that's all Vince Guaraldi. He did all this music. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So writing the tales of Miles Davis, you know, again, that was 1959 was when Miles Davis album came out. 1965 is when the Charles, Charlie Brown Christmas came out. This soundtrack goes on to permeate all households, even like even like white households, and it sells just as many records as Kind of Blue did, making them both the two top jazz albums of all time. Wow. So it's kind of like Miles Davis primed this, everybody who's now accepting of jazz, then we hear it associated with this beloved comic and kids cartoon that we now see as like a Christmas classic, and it, now jazz is everywhere. So it's really interesting, because obviously jazz existed way before 1968 or whatever. But but it's an interesting thing in my head that um, it wasn't always there for at least for, you know, I'm, I'm a white guy. So <laughs> I don't know. Just think of it like that way. That's really neat. I mean, that whole like That's 20th century is yeah. just like uh, most musical genres being in the black community. And then slowly white people are like, oh, shit, we should probably be doing that, too. <laughs> oh, shit is good. <laughs> um, OK, I mean, that's basically it. I have a couple little tidbit notes i like to, like to throw some things at the very end um i want to offer a recommendation um to um anyone who wants to dive into the world of charlie brown uh there are two movies that i think are interesting one of them is about uh, uh it's called what a nightmare charlie brown and it's just about snoopy who he has a dream and i didn't realize it was a dream till the end of the movie i must have come in late but it's just this gnarly life where he's like at a bar and he's drinking and then he gets into he goes to the war and then he gets kind of like sucked <laughs> into being part of like this whole sled dog thing. But the dogs are super, super harsh and mean to him and they're bigger than him. So he has to become feral and start fighting them. It's really crazy. Fantastic movie. Eventually, uh, is, they this get, a, is this like a like a kid's cartoon? It's a kid's cartoon. It's just really okay. good. And then uh, but it was really impactful for me when I was a kid. I thought that one's really good. And also there's another one that I think is worth watching called Snoopy Come Home. And it's uh, based off of a comic strip, but it's also a movie. Um, and it's 
about Snoopy deciding to leave Charlie Brown uh, in favor of his first owner, Lila. And it's so oh. sad. Wow. There's like, huh. yeah, when he chooses to leave, there's just basically a, like they have like a big like dinner thing and they all like, gave, it's kind of like a, a eulogy for Snoopy where he gives away all his stuff and the kids come up one by one sobbing to make their peace with him. And is Charlie Brown just crushed by this. He walks up there and he can't speak. He's just crying. He doesn't say a word. He just cries. Huh. Anyway, and that's it? And he just goes <laughs> anyway, away. He goes to this girl. He goes to Lila. She's in the hospital. And, uh, and, and if you want to know how it ends, you're gonna have to watch it. <laughs> um, yeah. I mean, I, I see the value in, in peanuts. I think my complaint is that a lot of times it, se- it seems like it's just, um, I have this complaint with a lot of movies and stuff when it seems like it's sad just for the sake of being sad because it elicits an emotional reaction. So it's like, I feel like a lot of times creators will be like, uh, art makes you feel something. So I'm just going to make something that makes people feel sad because that's easy. So it's like, I'm just going to make the saddest movie I could think about where a boy's dog ab- abandons him. You know, like I don't really I, see the value in that besides just being sad. They always redeem themselves. Okay. They always do. And I think there's something like succinct and poetic, in my opinion, about the way that these comics are written. So like there, there are little tidbits here and there that I think are really just, I think it's either really cute or I think it's just really like to the point um, example, Snoopy writes a book on theology and it's called, has it ever occurred to you that you may be wrong? <laughs> I just think like, that's cool. Or like yeah. the anniversary book um, was called happiness is a warm puppy. Simple statement. Love it. Yeah, I guess that's true. And I guess it's, it's a balance to all the like kind of saccharine, sweet, silly comics that are also in like yeah. the Sunday paper, I guess. And the characters yeah. are more complex than I, I mean. This is a short thing. Oh, for sure. Okay, so like next door, there's a there's a a mean a mean scary cat, and Snoopy's terrified of the cat. But whenever Woodstock floats around and gets into trouble, he, he's always really worried that the cat's gonna hurt Woodstock. So he'll just run out there and get the shit kicked out of himself to make sure that Woodstock doesn't have to get hurt. And it's yeah. like that's cool. That's very very good. Yeah. And there's also one other really cute thing I want to point out, and then we'll be done. So the original voice actor Charlie Brown, his name is Peter Robbins. Uh, he went to jail for four years. For, threat- for threatening his girlfriend and violating probation. And then no. he tried to hire a hitman to kill the sheriff. Oh, my God. <laughs> now Good that grief, huh? Get into. Yeah. <laughs> also, Fergie was the voice of Violet, I think, in one of the, one of the, really? the really? 90s. Yeah. Oh. I think that's funny. Um, anyway, that's it. The long one. Thanks for just sticking around. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Thanks. Thanks for uh, thanks for listening, everybody. Uh, thanks yeah. for stopping by. Um, go check out the Instagram. Uh, it is a story Bowl podcast at the Instagram. And uh, you can um, write us an email at storyholepodcast at gmail.com. Or leave us a rating or review wherever you get your podcast or tell a friend. Maybe. I don't know. Tell yeah. a friend. Yeah. yeah. Cool. Tell uh, an eight-year-old with a with a deep set mental yeah, personality mental disorder. issues. <laughs> Try to <laughs> self-assess. You know, see what's yeah. wrong with you. What's wrong with them? Yeah, I mean, I can say all the things are wrong with me, but we'll do that after the show. It'll be on our Patreon. Um, for anyone who's wondering, uh, obviously, uh, we've gotten a couple emails about people who are concerned. The release schedule is much slower this season, uh, so just be aware of that. Um, we're, we're not we're not gone. Um, yeah. <laughs> It'll just be a while to use these again. We're getting a lot of concern. Are people worried about us? Yeah. Mm. You specifically. Oh. They want to okay. know what's the deal with that rash. <laughs> what's, what's wrong with it? <laughs> that rash, well. Yeah. It's, it's uh. Someone asked I, I to really scratch it. I like that Jesse guy so much. My adulthood has just turned into rolling around in poison ivy. I like that a lot. <laughs> what a guy. Yeah.
All right. Uh, all right. Bye, guys. Thanks, Jesse. Bye, everybody. And now, okay, and I think you know you're